Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live, where you are. It's uh, the evening where I am. So I don't know if it's good day or good night, but I'll say both in terms of greetings. Uh, how are we? And uh, today I am joined, A Haggerty 10, Tony Haggerty, of course, and I'm in Australia, as if you didn't know. And I'm joined today by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. How are you, Aidan? You good? Yeah, I'm really good, Tony. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm just, uh, you know what it's like, Aidan. You just, uh, you, you, you just play through it, don't you? You play through it, sleep deprivation, whatever. But hey, you cannot enjoy, not enjoy an adventure, an experience like this. It's been wonderful. But first things first, I'll direct you all to the ticker tape at the bottom of your screen. We've got a new deal, and it's a Black Friday deal, as you can see. Black Friday offer, and it's a pound for six months of full access to everything that we do. So if you like your tactical analysis, your stats bomb data, excellent columnists, in-depth scouting, feature interviews, match coverage, sit-down video specials, and some stuff that I do as well, Aidan, I think it covers that, doesn't it? It's a pound for six months. You know what to do. We urge you all the time, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe and you might notice the t-shirt it's the adios t-shirt an homage to diego armando argentina on in the background in my hotel room company nil nil but there you go now aiden one takeaway that you might have noticed doing the rounds on social media and unseen i'll ask the question now have you seen and unseen because it's a five-minute video of his time with the Australian national team. And there's some wonderful footage on that and some clips of him, I'll say, being passionate, for want of a better word. And then, for want of other better words, I'll say, and him losing it, to be fair. And, uh, yeah, he's got ferocious passion and uh, a temper on him. That's <laughs> our range. <laughs> Yeah, I have seen the clips. Uh, in particular, obviously, there was a slightly shorter one. I think it was about 20 seconds when he's punching the, the whiteboard or the smartboard or whatever you want to call it. He was clearly very angry. But I think it was a goal. Australia conceded in a game. But yeah. yeah, I have seen it doing the rounds. And it was a great watch. It's also more behind-the-scenes insight from before his time at Celtic. There was obviously yeah. the, the We Never Stop DVD that came out about last season. And he got sort of wee snippets of insight. But yeah, that was really fascinating to see, you know, how passionate and how he clearly is able to get a tune out of his players. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, Carol Starfelt was asked about it. You might have read it in the Q&A today that appeared uh, on, the, on the website. And he was asked if, he, if he'd incurred the wrath of Ange. And he, he smiled as he actually said, yes, I think we all have. And uh, But he, he sort of said that he's one to cajole you back in if, you're, if you've lost it and, you know, he has a he has a way with him, but it's all about passion. It's all about just getting the best out of his players. But he, he kind of smiled when we asked that, Aidan. So, you know, I don't think the Celtic players are no strangers to a bit of the hair, the Ange hairdryer treatment when he needs to dig that out his locker. Yeah, I've got no doubt about that. I'm sure across Ange's time at Celtic <laughs> so far, he's pulled out the hairdryer treatment. In particular, I think after that first friendly against Sydney FC, I'd imagine he was giving them it tight, probably at half time yes. and full time because. He clearly wasn't happy with how the game went. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that Starfield mentioned that. 
<laughs> it's funny because that's exactly what I thought, Aidan. His calm response and demeanour on the touchline. <laughs> I thought after looking at that footage, he punched the white wall and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that he might have, uh, he might have uh, given the boys a bit of that treatment after the Sydney game because he came in and he, he was very measured. As I said when his uh, post-match analysis, but he was, he was an angry man at the performance. Yeah, he, he wasn't happy, and that was that was clear from how sort of passionate he was in his post-match, and that's what he's saying in public. I can only imagine in private that. He was absolutely yeah. raging, but obviously we've kind of discussed it at length. Me and you were on the live reaction special after the Everton game, both yeah. trying not to fall asleep. And then obviously there was the <laughs> uh, briefing yesterday, It was, and we discussed how it was much more of an improvement against Everton. So hopefully that's the sort of performances mm-hmm. that we see for the rest of the season now, with a bit more impotence up front, of course. Cut Rock comes in and says, pure passion. Don't deny that as pure passion. Uh, Carol Starfelt said that, and here's here's a couple of lines that Carol Starfelt actually said. If I can find them, uh, he, he says clicking into something and then not finding them. But uh, we'll try and find it here. Uh, give me a second, Aiden. We go. Uh, usual thing, thing to load up. The Carol Starfelt was said. He said, uh, sorry about this, uh, I think we have very high standards. The manager's always pushing us every day to never relax. You can see it in training every day, and we are trying to be at it. And if we fall out, fall out of it, then the manager is there to push us back into it. And he was talking about he's not worried about complacency. And he says the manager sets the high standards, and that's how I think it should be. Every player pushing for Celtic and more should have high standards. If you throw players excuses, then they'll have them. You have to go out there and perform, no matter what the circumstances. And he says, uh, yeah, and he and he, says, he thinks most of the boys have experienced the temper at some point, but he's a really good manager and he knows what he wants. And he, and he said, yes, we have all we've all experienced it. So, you know, I, I think. Uh, and while he was saying that, he was laughing. So, I I took it from that that it's. Something that obviously they don't want to incur anytime soon, but it's uh, it's there in the background because they know. Poster Coglu said many times the guys know the demands that are placed on the maiden. They they know what they're doing on a daily basis, and it should become second nature. Yeah, it's clear that the manager's able to get his ideas across, and if that involves you know shouting or giving them the hairdryer treatment, then who are we to? So I can point or judge that. It's also <laughs> been a very effective tactic so far. And yeah, if it's a motivating factor for the players, then it's only a positive for me. And the great thing as well, Aidan, with uh, Carol Starfelt talking there, and Matt, Matt O'Reilly alluded to it as well, you just don't see a Celtic team, despite them being nine points ahead, any complacency creeping in. The manager won't allow it. The players won't allow it. They will, as they say, run their own race. I guess the, the, the manager encourages them not to look at the league table. You know, it'll always get bandied about that you're, you're so so far ahead at this minute in time. But I don't think it's something that the players are consciously aware of in terms of, you know, they know they're at the top of the table. They know how many points uh, they are ahead. But I think it's something that's put to the, the back burner. They just strive to win football matches. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's no doubt that the team will be making sure that they're just 100% focused on the job at hand. Being nine points clear is great at this stage of the season. It is more than any sort of fan could have hoped for, but you can't get complacent because there's still a lot of football to be played. Uh, you know, there's still three derbies, plenty of league games, a cup semi-final, hopefully a final, and then the Scottish Cup as well. So you, you'd hope win leagues in November, do you know what I mean, Tony? And, but the manager knows that. He, he he was saying that himself when it was a sort of, obviously, a vote last season in terms of the points yeah. tally. I know it wasn't quite as much as uh, nine points, but it was about six points at one stage, I think it was. So he was making clear that uh, the league wasn't over then. So no doubt of the same mindset uh, this year as well. And that's what you want. You want them to be constantly want to improve and not be happy with what they've got because that's how you strive for success and you do maintain consistency. So I've got no doubt that uh, anyone who's under the impression that the league's over will be getting, as we've already mentioned, the hairdryer treatment off Ange. <laughs> it's a fair point well made about the fact that the league wasn't over when Celtic won six behind last season. They managed to turn that around, didn't they? So I think, if anything, that's a great yardstick, isn't it, to to use and a, a motivating tool that you can come back from a deficit. So uh, Celtic will have to be bring their A game once the, the league football recommences, Aidan. Yeah, no doubt about that. They'll need to keep on the sort of consistent run that they've been on in the league, obviously. We've won all but, all but one league game and across this calendar year as a whole in terms of the Scottish Premiership. I think they've only lost two games. So, sorry, no, that's actually incorrect. Across this calendar year, they've lost two domestic games. One of them was the semi final, obviously, and then the game against St Mum. So, before I get pulled up about that, I had to just check that there. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> as long as they do sort of keep this uh, consistent run going, they'll be in a really good position, hopefully, come May. Guys, get your questions coming in in the comments section. I'll endeavour to answer them if you've got any one personally for myself, having been over here and, and watched the games and stuff. And I'll, uh, as I say, I'll endeavour to answer them as best as I can. <laughs> Tony's got a tan. It's, it's a tad warm, so I'm Scottish. I burn laden, you know what I mean? These, these things these things happen. You can't get away with anything, Tony. And somebody else. Uh, no, you can't. You hair dryer treatment on Tony as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just my normal. I, I did kind of roll out of bed, and you know, it, it costs a lot of money to look like this. You know what I mean? I, I don't just roll out of bed, although I've perfected the the hedge drag through a man backwards look, Aiden. You know how it is. I've, I've got it down to a fine art. It's a look I've perfected. But yeah, well, if you've got any so questions, guys, I will. <laughs> I will. I will endeavour to answer them. But I mean, I. We don't read too much into the results, Aidan, of the Sydney Cup. But the manager did stress he wasn't happy with the first performance, but he was very happy with the second performance. And I guess you you look at the positives of that. They they played very well. But also, we also asked him about the fact that Callum McGregor is coming back after the the breaks for the World Cup's finished. You've got Carol Starfelt easing his way back to full fitness, getting some... uh, minutes game time and minutes there you know so there's all sorts of different caveats and things that you can throw into that mix that will help Celtic moving forward there will also be the uh, the January window up and coming and he said that he's looking to at least bring in a couple more he said it was fair to say and uh, Kobe Yashi might be one of them a left-sided central defender a lot to look forward to Aiden despite the fact that football's gonna 
domestic football shut down for a few weeks yet, but on the resumption, you just hope that Celtic can hit the ground running again and, and all these things fall into place again. Yeah, you're completely right. There's a lot to look forward to in terms of Celtic across these sort of next six, seven months with, with uh, after the World Cup break. In terms of the squad, as you mentioned, Callum McGregor coming back, well, on his way back, I should say, obviously we don't have an exact date, is going to be massive for the team. Matt O'Reilly's done really well in that sort of number six role, and it's clear that he is yeah. going to be an option of McGregor's getting rotated in and out, which might be something that happens a wee bit more, that he's getting a bit older. But, you know, you want to be able to have McGregor sort of at the base of the midfield before Riley and Hatate ahead of that because we know how quality that can be. I mean, that was a massive factor in how strong Celtic were in the second half of last season winning the league. So it'd be good to have that back. Even a Carroll Starfield, obviously he's back in now, but he's still getting up to speed having him. Hopefully Cameron Carter-Vickers will return from the World Cup with uh, injury fee, I should say. Yep. And that'll be really important to have that defence because, you know, that was a title-winning centre-back uh, partnership last year. So, yeah, in terms of the squad, in terms of what to look forward to, the League Cup semi-final, etc. It's don't want to tempt fate, Tony, as I have a few times since I started coming on this show, but fingers crossed that <laughs> <laughs> uh, the boys definitely will continue for the sort of... No, well, not even the second half of the season, but for after the World Cup break. Yeah. Now, Michael Duffin comes in. We kind of touched on this the other day, but we'll have a look. He's asked the question, so he would like to know, do we need another striker? Eden, would you be happy if the manager brought in another striker in January? It's interesting, this is a question, actually. I was thinking about it last night. Obviously, immediately you think, yep, mm-hmm. another striker, third choice option. You can never have too many options. I would be looking to try and bring in a striker, and I know it's difficult in terms of the market, in terms of funds and that, etc. You want somebody that can come in and challenge for the, third, the first choice, sort of, striker role yeah. you don't want to be bringing in like an equivalent to an Ayeti or something like that in terms of they're just going to sit on the bench and not really play sure. because then it's obviously if you bring in a third striker given that Andrews only goes with one that does mean two players aren't going to be involved in the starting lineup. but if you're bringing in somebody who is above what we've already got you've then got Kyogo and uh, Yakimakis on the bench who I mean that's an except that'd be exceptional in terms of depth but I understand that is going to be quite difficult. So I would only want us to bring in another striker if it was somebody that's really going to challenge for that uh, number one spot. If it's just... Or obviously, there's a, you could be bringing, maybe bring in a project as well. But obviously, you already ha- kind of have that, though, in terms of like yeah. Johnny Kenny, who's on loan at Queen's Park. So you don't want to start kind of stockpiling yeah. players too much because that was probably a bit of a common complaint under... Near the end of Brendan Rodgers' time and Neil Lennon's, that you just had loads of guys that were not really involved. And you've already got a couple of them in other positions across the team that they'll probably be looking to try and move on if they can, with players like James McCarthy, probably, etc. So, long winded answer, I say, Tony. Yeah. If you could get the ideal fit, I would be quite happy for it to bring in a striker. But I personally don't think we're going to be able to get that in January, just the way the market is. So, I think unless there's a major injury to Kyogo or Yakimakis, I don't think we'll bring in one in, in, in the near future anyway. Now David Ferguson makes a good point. He says, I think we should wait till summer for a new striker and bring Rocco Vata in. Now Rocco, Rocco Vata has had snippets of first team action, Aiden, but he always seems to impress me 
when he when he gets the, those game time and those minutes. And I don't think that's the worst shout. Uh, and maybe just introduce him to the fold and see what he can bring to that table. If you are, as you say, working on maybe a deal for a better striker, longer term as opposed to short term. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, Vatha's looked very sharp. I don't think he's had any competitive minutes yet for the first team. Is that correct, Tony? He was involved in pre-season, then he came on against Sydney, and yeah. he came on against Everton. But yeah, yeah. even his cameo against uh, Everton mm-hmm. the other day, I thought he looked really sharp in terms of his movement. I think he set up a chance for James Forrest, who sort of kind of scuffed his shot. So, yeah, I'd be happy for Vata. Yeah. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want him starting games, obviously, but if he's in the squad and maybe you're a few goals up, particularly over this December period, that notoriously is really, really busy. And despite us being out of Europe, that there's still going to be plenty of football to be played. So I'd be quite happy if he was getting the odd minutes here and there. But in terms of like a permanent third choice, I don't know. I think Ange, if he's going to bring one in, would be wanting somebody that's going to challenge for the first team place. Yeah. But I agree wholeheartedly with Andrew Galea here, who says we've got two good strikers. I want to stress that we have got two good strikers at the club too. Cracking strikers. Yeah, no, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, so um, um, I wouldn't be too perturbed if they didn't bring in a striker, but if they did, then I would be happy too. And I think Kaiser said, What about Moussa Dembele on a free at the end of the season? Is that the romantic and everybody talking there, Aidan? Is that you? Would you see that? Would you like to see that? Moussa was a fantastic footballer for Celtic and a great striker for Celtic, and he is much loved, isn't he? Yeah, Moussa Dembele, one of my personal favourite Celtic players, definitely <laughs> the last sort of 10 years anyway. Uh, he was absolutely superb. I, I don't think I can quite see it. I think he'll probably have sisters in the Premier League and that, etc. And probably feels he's done his time at the club. But yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, if it was offered, it would be absolutely all for that. <laughs> <laughs> Is Ange the kind of guy to, to go for Moussa or would that... Would... But the fans were going, what's the manager doing, Aidan? You know what I mean? Going for Musa. <laughs> That's a good one there, Tony. I like that. <laughs> now, I I think everybody has affection for uh, Musa Dembele. And we'll see what happens. And you always leave it in the hands of the manager to decide who his targets are. But I, uh, I'm, I, mean, I, I don't have a problem. With the two that Celtic have up front, I'm 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 be interested to see if Rocco Vata could maybe, you know, be inspired by those two if he gets first team minutes or just starts to make squads and see what he could bring to the table. Because I think the boys got a bright future, and I'd like him to see, I'd like to see him get minutes and so that we don't end up with a a Ben Doak situation on our hands. You know, we we lose another precocious talent. I would like. For Rocco Vata to succeed at Celtic because I think he's got something. Yeah, I mean, fans will be very wary of the sort of Ben Doak situation. Obviously, he's probably developing a bit quicker than uh, Vata, probably to do with the environment he's in, etc. You know, he's having first team minutes under 21 football for Scotland. I think he's moved up to play for Liverpool's under 20s or under 21s as well. So, yeah, yes. I can understand why fans will be wary of that happening because I know the, the, the uh, club have lost quite a lot of youth players really the last sort of probably going back even five years now so I, I know fans will be want to make sure that doesn't happen again so yeah maybe Vata will get some minutes we'll just need to wait and see uh, obviously 
lot of football to be played between now and the end of the season, so there'll be plenty of chances yes. if Ange thinks he's ready. <laughs> now, Andrea Gallia comes in. Big $64,000 question coming up there, Aidan. Who do we sell? If we sell anybody in January, who would you sell? Or would you be inclined to just say to the guys, stay with us, have another crack at the Champions League and see what happens there if Celtic can win the title and get straight back into the group stages? Uh, yeah, I'd be completely inclined to just try and keep everybody in January unless you get an absolutely exceptional bid. I think given, obviously, the players that are at the World Cup, such as Juranovic, etc., there could be a chance if yep. he has a really strong tournament, maybe you get a you know, bid that the club can't turn down. But I wouldn't really be wanting to lose mm-hmm. anybody in January because I know the manager said there's plans in place, but probably a lot of that's to try and strengthen the squad and keep the players that are already there. Yeah. So you leave yourself a bit short of players are going in January. Uh, I think it would have to be a decent fee for any any first team player really because they're all signed up on sort of yeah. You know, five, four year, maybe some of them that came in last summer, going into that sort of like, you know, four, three and a half years. So there's still plenty of time left, even if it's a case of keeping them to the summer. So it gives you more time to work on bringing other players in. You know, Sean Martin's take on that security is underrated, Aidan. You know what I mean? So that is, I know that is Sean's favorite What do you think, Tony? Have, yeah. you got, have you got players that you think we could maybe sell? I, I, Not that you want I think to I've got some valuable assets here, but I wouldn't. No, I, I would be, I would be loath to sell anybody, even Juranovic and everybody's talking that he's the most likely. But I, I, if I'm Ange Postecoglou, I'd be saying to the guys, listen, those moves will come if that's what you really, really desire. But what I desire right now is to build a team that's capable of getting into the Champions League and winning football matches. That's my next mountain that I want to climb. I want to win this title again and I want to go back in and make a real fist of it in the group stages. I think that's enticing. And unless some other club can offer the Celtic players that at this given moment in time, and I don't think they will, I don't think a buying club will be a Champions League uh, straight into the group stage entrant. Could be wrong in that, but I'm quite confident that it won't be the clubs that are interested. So if that's the case, and I manage Poster Coglu, I'm saying to them, give me another year at least, and we'll we'll reconvene next summer. No, not not this summer, not not January or the summer there, the following summer. And if it's still your intention that the grass is greener somewhere else, then you'll go with Celtic's blessing. But Celtic will be suitably recompensed for your talent and your services, and then the process starts again. And they put the they put that theory into practice that they are ahead of schedule and they're working on things and they're because I asked them a question about acting like a big club and he said yeah that's exactly what Celtic are doing and I think when you see things like that they're, they're projecting ahead they are they're they're in a good place they they will lose players at some point during Angie's tenure whenever that is is anybody's guess but. They are, they have got content they have got contingency plans and they'll know that the money that they get for these players could be top dollar. So it gives them scope to go and find the next whoever that may be. For want of a better argument, say it is Jota, they'll get suitably recompensed for Jota. And the work right now, the groundwork's been done on finding the next Jota. Right now. 
they are looking and whoever that is then maybe they can get an early an early jump on everybody as they did with Jota so I think that's that's acting like the club that Celtic fans deserve and that's what they want and it's encouraging to hear them talk like that but right now I would be I'm I'm talking summer of 2023 before I would be I would want any of those guys at the club at this moment in time to think about up and sticks and leaving and and hopefully by that time you'll have won the title again and you'll have gone into the straight into the group stages of the, the Champions League again and I think that's a, a wonderful carrot to keep players you know and but yeah you, you have to go in the next time and claim some scalps don't you win some football matches easier said than done I get that but that's what the manager wants I think that's exciting yeah, I completely agree. Obviously, at the moment, it is looking like with the sort of coefficient standings that Scotland will have, you know, a champ, an automatic Champions League place and then another team in the third place playoffs. So if Celtic are to win the league, then hopefully they'll be in the group stages automatically. And that is a big carrot to be able to dangle in front of players. As much as, you know, Premier League clubs might come in for some players in the summer, it's probably unlikely that one of them will be a Champions League team. So it's definitely something that uh, allows allows the club to be strong from a negotiating point of view. And just in terms of, I know we obviously covered it in depth during the Champions League campaign, but Ange will be desperate to try and take scalps next year when you if the team is in the Champions League. The performances were from okay yeah. at times, sometimes really good, but he'll be wanting to try and get some results and to try and progress to the last 16 which I know is quite a big step from where we are now because we didn't get in the Europa League. But that's definitely what the manager will be wanting to do. So in squad, squad depth and recruitment is a big part of that, as well as keeping your own players. So fingers oh, crossed. It's, 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 it's the, biggest, the biggest parts, isn't it, when you, when you break it all down like that? Now, Andrew Galea comes in and says, I think Celtic are an attractive club for big clubs to loan their project players to. Now, I, I get what he means by that, but I... You know, I think Celtic are all projected out, aren't they? I, I'm, if Celtic are going to get other clubs' players, I, I want them to be first team ready, Aidan. You know, I've got to be honest and showing signs of real promise. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, Tony. I'm kind of of the opinion in terms of loans now that this current model, of at least the last two seasons, of I think pretty much every loan player having the option to buy is the way forward. Yeah. In terms of bringing players from other clubs, sort of try before you buy type thing. We've seen this how successful it was with Short and Carter Vickers. Yeah. Yens this season, I know people are a wee bit on the fence, but I would rather that we had them on the option to buy loan than you went out and spent, you know, three, four million pounds on them or whatever. So in terms of project signings, don't get me wrong, there's been some great players coming to the club in the past, recent sort of Patrick Roberts, etc. But for every Patrick Roberts there's been a a Charlie Massonder or something like that, an Ollie Buck. So I yeah. think you need to I, I, try. I think it's the, hard to balance it. Unless you get offered like a world-class talent, do you know what I mean? Which is probably what a lot of people thought Charlie Massonder was going to be, or what that's what he was being tipped to be. Yeah. If you get like a really, really top player that's two years and now going to be like one of the best players in Manchester City's team, for example, and you get offered them on even like maybe an 18-month loan deal, that could be something that the manager thinks maybe, but I think these sort of like six month, one season, and it's players you're never going to have a chance of signing, whether it's because of wages or because they're so highly thought of. I don't think that's something that Post Nicola is going to want to get involved in, Tony. 
I think the blueprint was established last year with the, the Jota deal and Cameron Carter-Vickers deal with this up the try before you buy and the option to buy with these guys. And ju- just uh, taking in the euphoria that the Celtic supporters had at signing both of them, I think they, they kind of, you know, I think a lot of Celtic supporters say, well, if we get one, we'll, we would be really happy. And then it became, you were writing pieces on, is it Carter Vickers or Jota? It changed on a weekly basis, didn't it? Which one the Celtic supporters wanted. And the coup to land both of them was just uh, sensational. And that feel-good factor just coursed right through everybody, didn't it? And, you know, you, you finally thought, you know, the board are in, all in and Ange. Ange's desperate to get these players in. And it's what the supporters wanted. And, uh, you know, and they spent the guts of 12.5 million quid. But it's one of the comment I put yesterday, you look at this commercial trip to Australia and the money that they've got for that, that's covered one of those transfers. So you're starting to think big and then they're talking about maybe going to the Far East Japan next season. That could cover another big loan option to buy players, couldn't it? And you're talking like a right decent signing. And you're starting to put those building blocks and you know, that that's your thinking. You're starting to think big or bigger and, and, and bigger than Scotland, I mean. Yeah, no, you're completely right. And that all sort of falls back into Ange talking about Celtic behaving like a big club, acting in the market like a big club. Obviously, there was a lot, not to repeat myself too much, but the club at one point uh, during a couple of years ago, I think it was about six or seven loan players. And none of them was really an intention yes. of whether or not the fans thought they were good enough, none of them were going to be permanent players, whether it was due to wages or transfer fee, etc. So you, you don't want to get back to that stage because it's a short-term fix when you're plugging gaps, but it just leaves you so short uh, come come the summer, even if you don't have Champions League qualifiers because you're potentially lucky enough to be in the Champions League automatically. You don't want to be having to go into a transfer window. Obviously, the exception was last summer, and had to basically get a whole new squad, but you don't want to be in that position ever again, yeah. regardless of the of the manager moves on or whatever, because it's just so difficult and you're just playing catch up. I, I'll and just what you said there in terms of this whole option to buy thing, I think that is the sort of model set. I'd be surprised if Postacoglu moved away from that really going forward. Now Beach Boys comes in and says, I'm sure that's comment, says, How can we even be in the same conversation as real big clubs when we say we can't believe we signed two six million pound players. There is a reality. But our reality is, Beach Boys, that we're a financially constrained club. So to spend six million on two players in the summer was a big deal for Celtic, I would conjecture, Aiden. You know? Yeah. And he I, says, no, I would agree. I would agree. I think a lot of that was probably you know? confirmed by the fact you had the automatic Champions League football as well. So they had that in terms of finances in terms of fall back on sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so uh, Celtic, what do they get for winning the title? Aiden two, stroke three million quid. Yeah, for winning it's, the it's within, that title, so yeah. within that ballpark. Yeah, within that ballpark. I, you know, I, I, I was delighted when Celtic signed both Cameron Carter Vickers and Jota. Thought it, I thought it was a, a big financial outlay, but it showed Celtic's ambition, even working within the financial constraints that they work with. And even allowing for the fact that they qualified for the Champions League and they were, you know, they were deciding, yep, we're going to have a tilt at this, we're, we're going to spend some money. And I was just delighted that that's, 
that seems to be the, the way forward. And they've got a manager there who knows what he's doing, knows knows various markets and can play those markets and get value for money. I'm not saying be reckless and spend like a big club, but I'm talking about just in your daily actions and in, in your scouting and network of players. You know you've got a glass ceiling financially, but go and get the best that you can afford for the money that you're going to spend. And I don't think anybody would disagree that Carter Vickers and Jota represented the best. I hate that phrase, Americanism, bang for their buck, but it did. It represented value for money and the best kind of players that Celtic could get at that spending cap. Yeah, in terms of recent transfer business, that's got to be right up there. But obviously, I think a lot of people probably would point to something we mentioned earlier, Mr Dembele, in terms of how cheap that fee was. It was also to do with the sort of uh, cross-border development fee thing. But I think in terms of recent examples, Jota and Carter Vickers would have to be some of the best bits of transfer business. It was the exact sort of profile the manager was looking for. You had to sort of try before you buy in terms of they were involved in a double winning season before. You knew exactly what you were getting. I think that the fees were pretty much agreed as well in terms of those options to buy deals, yeah, yeah, as far yeah. as I can remember. So, yeah, that, that mm-hmm. was probably ideal transfers. I understand every single player you get on an option to buy, even if you wanted to buy, uh, even sorry, even if you wanted to purchase every single one of them. They're not all going to be quite maybe simple or as effective as these two have turned out to be. But in terms of recent evidence, there's no reason why they should move away from that blueprint. <laughs> Kevin Ferrier comes in and just throws this cat amongst the pigeons. Bring on Ronaldo. Man United don't want him out on a free. There you go. Uh, Aiden. Ronaldo for you, would that be something you would get behind or excited by? Uh, I couldn't possibly comment on Ronaldo, uh, given my World Cup <laughs> predictions. So. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, very, very true. Well, guys, that's been 35 minutes and it's Going in very, very quickly. Celtic returning from the, the Sydney Cup. Now be returning on Thursday. Uh, at some point, Aidan, I'm strapping myself in for the, the big journey back. But yeah, it's been a pleasure and a privilege doing this. And uh, uh, as I say, it's been the experience of a lifetime. I've loved every minute. It's been great. But it's been good to sort of come on the pods as well. And the, the 11 hour time difference, I still kind of get my head around it. But I'm, I'm getting there. I've, I've, by the time I work it out, I'll be flying back, Aidan, to see you in, in sunny Glasgow. Know, Tony, it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> and just before we go, Tony, Indeed, uh, yeah. I just w- just wanted to highlight a couple yeah. of things. Sorry, uh, obviously Cameron Carter-Vickers, he wasn't involved last night for uh, the USA. I think given that some not. of the quality of some of the USA's defensive play, they could be doing with him, to be honest. Uh, but... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see yes, if he's involved in these next, these next two games, given obviously they're playing England on Friday, I think it is. Yeah. And Friday, uh, last, yeah. Game, last game against Wales, so it'll be interesting to see if he's involved. And the only other thing was, I see Argentina are winning, Tony. Uh, you'll be happy to know Messi scored a penalty. Yes. So. Indeed, as yes, they're up, aren't they? Yet? <laughs> well, there you have it. I think everybody wants to see Messi finish his career with the World Cup, don't they? It would be a fitting end. Me and Sean definitely do, based off the World Cup predictions. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, but yeah, lots of people saying uh, 
hope you come over for a holiday one day. Oh, you can bet your bet your bottom dollar I'll do that. I'm, I've been impressed by it. It's been a wonderful place. Uh, I just I will, it's it's on my to do list to do again. Uh, very much so. Get it on your to do list, Aidan. Come to Australia, Sydney in particular. It's it's great. But I'll just direct you guys to the bottom of the screen the Black Friday offer. If you've already subscribed, we thank you dearly for it. We really do. It means a lot to us. We couldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without you coming in and the, the comments as well and, and keeping the broadcasts going. We, we love the interaction. We really do. It's great. That's why we do it. And we hope you guys enjoy it. But it's a pound Black Friday offer, a pound for six months, full access to everything that we do, the tactical analysis, the stats bomb data, Get excellent columns. We've got in-depth scouting. We've got feature interviews, match coverage, sit-down video specials, all for a pound. All you do is hit a button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. As offers go, Aidan, that's great. And that's a brilliant offer. Yeah, no, it's a really good offer. And as you mentioned, there's all sorts of diverse content. So, yeah, get yourself involved. And I've just been reminded by the commenters in the section that the Socceroos are on at six in the morning, Aidan, my time. So if I want to watch them, the green and gold, I'll be getting up at Dick Dock o'clock. I might actually do that because uh, I, I, I would be intrigued to see how they get on. They're playing the world champions, France. Aaron Moy, obviously. That's a bit of a tricky one, is it not? <laughs> yes, and Aaron Moy, yep. interest for Celtic supporters to see uh, to see how he does. It's good, be good to see him getting some game time. So, yeah, I think I'll... I think I'll set the alarm for that one, Aidan. But I'd just like to say thanks to everybody and uh, tune in tomorrow. We'll do it all again. Black Friday offer, pound for six months. You know what to do. www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. I've been a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle, as you know, and I've been joined by Aidan C. McDonald Twitter handle. Thanks, Aidan. Top class as ever. And I shall see Cheers, you Tony. at some point. This week, good yes, old indeed, Scotland. Indeed. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thanks for the comments. Speak to you soon. Cheers, guys.